Hey everybody, this is Andrew from the Mayfair Theatre Podcast, just letting you know that this week's episode was pre-recorded before we received our lineup of movies for May 20th to 26th. So before we get rolling, I'll just give you a quick rundown of this week's films. Eye in the Sky continues for a second week. This is the war drama starring Helen Mirren, the late Alan Rickman, and Aaron Paul. We've also got Race, the true story of Olympic runner Jesse Owens. We have two very exciting Ottawa premieres, the Danish comedy Men and Chicken, starring Maz Mikkelsen. And we also have Belladonna of Sadness, which is an erotic Japanese anime made back in 1973 that plays on May 25th and 26th. We also have family matinees this weekend of Ratchet and Clank, an animated adventure featuring the voices of John Goodman and Sylvester Stallone. We've also got a terrific thriller from France called Disorder, starring Matthias Sconartz and Diane Kruger. And of course, our monthly late night screening of Tommy Wiseau's The Room on Saturday, May 21st at 11.30. For dates and showtimes for all of our movies, please go to our website, mayfairtheater.ca, and enjoy this week's podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. And Mel's not here again. And Mel's not here. <laughs> but well, is, We're is doing it a secret, well, not a secret, a double record to, uh, we're recording uh, this week's episode and next week's episode back to back. It's very confusing. So yeah, if you're listening to this right away, we just recorded our Friday the 13th episode. And uh, so we're recording one for the following week, which Andrew will post uh, at the appropriate time, mm-hmm. just because both Mel and I are out of the city. We're, we're abandoning the theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mel's off to a wedding, I believe, and I'm off to the East Coast for a visit and then hitting uh, a friend's Comic-Con in Moncton. On You're hitting it? Hitting it. You're hitting Smashing a Comic-Con? It. Yep. And uh, it's uh, my friend Nick Bradshaw, who's a very talented comic artist. Uh, if you're a comic nerd, you probably know him from drawing Guardians of the Galaxy and Wolverine and the X-Men, amongst other things. He puts on uh, a very cool Comic-Con every year in his hometown of Moncton, where he lives. And because he's a, a cool guy and a big shot, he gets a bunch of uh, cool writers and artists to drop in and gets uh, some indie friends like myself to drop by as well. And it's funny because uh, another friend of mine just moved out of Moncton and headed back to Ottawa earlier this year. And I thought, oh, well, I'll never have to go to Moncton again. And now I have an excuse to go every summer because it's this lovely convention. And it's a nice uh, old school convention with like, it's just about comics, uh, cool creators, cool shops. It's uh, in a hockey rink. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first year he did it in a uh, curling rink, which I wish I could have gone to, but I missed that one. But yeah, so next weekend uh, I'll be in Moncton on what are the dates? Whatever the the twenty something, twenty twentieth, twenty first, or something like that. Yeah, I'll be uh, yeah twentieth, twenty first. I'll be in Moncton. So if you're on the East Coast in Moncton and you're listening to this, uh, come visit at uh, the East Coast Comic Expo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so Andrew will be here all alone, so <laughs> just me doing, doing, doing a podcast all by himself. But so instead of doing that, we thought we would just uh, do one of our fill-in episodes where we kind of talk about 
we always end up getting off track and just talking about something else that ends up filling up the time anyhow. But Well, we have a lot of interesting premieres coming up. Yes. One in particular I'm really excited for. Which well, two, two I'm excited for. Uh, we might have mentioned this in a previous episode, The Astrologer. Yes. Which is another uh, uh, obscure, lost and found 70s independent film. Yeah. Akin to The Room and yeah. Fateful Findings. Well, ima- imagine if... So, when, God, The Room's what, 10 years old? 12 years old? Yeah, around Two, there. 2003? So imagine if The Room came out in 2003... And instead of becoming this whirlwind phenomenon that has become over the past decade plus, imagine that it kind of came out, hit a handful of theaters, like in the days of the drive-in, and then just went away. Mm-hmm. And then 40 years later, somebody finds it. So that's kind of what The Astrologer is. The Astrologer uh, came out, I guess, in a limited... The way movies, especially independent movies, or exploitation movies, were released back in the day in the 70s and so forth... Um, they got regional releases. Yeah. So a movie like The Astrologer probably played in like drive-ins in the South or some other kind of Midwestern cities. I don't know if it got much of a New York or L.A. major market release, but it's a film by a man named Craig Denny, who I think is no longer with us, mm-hmm. but there's a theory. Um, there was a screening at CineFamily in L.A., uh, where the co-star of the film was there, and he kind of suggested, well, I think he might have faked his death because he ripped a lot of people off. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, that that's another interesting uh, mystery behind... Uh, all these films have... All these films are mysterious, like like The Room and Fateful Findings, the, the creator is a mystery, well, the also, nature of the production's a mystery. Almost like the way that, you know, a film was made decades later about Ed Wood by, by mm-hmm. Tim Burton and Johnny Depp, any of these guys could have a very interesting biopic made about them. Yep. Because they're all kind of, if you read anything about them, like, they have an interesting past, like, the, the productions may or may not have been involved in, like, crime or theft-based, you know, like, the, the actors are all a bunch of very eccentric weirdos, and, and, and they've all got a story behind them. And then now, like you said, it, it's so interesting that People are, are like Indiana Jonesing these film prints and finding them and searching for them. And well, the astrologer is, I guess, this random print that was found by uh, our good friends at Draft House Films mm-hmm. in Austin, Texas, and they did a Kickstarter, I believe, yeah. uh, to fund this project called the American Genre Film Archive because they have a bunch of. Uh, film prints like old exploitation films and stuff and we've we've sold a lot of our prints to them i believe um and uh the astrologer was like the main film that they wanted to showcase yeah there's their high and that they wanted to restore this and they have restored it that there's a 2k scan of this film uh we won't be showing a, a 35 millimeter print of this film we'll be showing a 2k dcp version right which should look fantastic because there is only one there is only one print, which they probably don't want to lend out too much because they don't want it yeah. ruined. Um, but yeah, this is uh, the story of a man who is a carnival palm reader, and he becomes yeah. a major world-famous astrologer, and he travels around the world. Yeah, The movie's apparently a lot like Fateful Findings in that it's kind of story-wise all over the place. Apparently it's sort of a cross between 
Indiana Jones. I think there's like a subplot where he goes on like a diamond hunt in Kenya. He's like right. a bit of a, an adventurer there. And then he becomes famous in, in the States for his astrology. They make a movie called The Astrologer about him in the movie. There's oh, a wow. scene in the film. I didn't know that. I haven't seen this, <laughs> but but reading a review. Yeah. Um, they make a film about him called The Astrologer. So there is a scene in The Astrologer where The Astrologer is watching a movie about him called Whoa. The Astrologer. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, the trailer's fantastic. Go on. Uh, go on our website. Check out the trailer. It's it's batshit crazy. I just love the thought if 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 um, if Draft House and the the organization that I think is just a subdivision of them, the the American Film American Genre Film Archive. Yeah. Yeah. American like, Genre yeah. Film Archives. So if this goes well for them, and and maybe they do another Kickstarter, or maybe they just can keep this ball rolling, like. Theoretically, they could keep doing this. This could be like this new distribution arm that they can keep on getting these just real lost, yeah, lost classics, exploitation, obscure films, independent films that otherwise would not receive the love that they yeah. so richly deserve. And I don't know what their battle plan is if they're hoping to if if these will be released on 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 Blu-ray to make a bit more. I money don't know. Or... I mean, they did they did a similar thing with Dangerous Men, right. which was another obscure film that they rescued and we showed that that's out on blu-ray now the tricky thing with the astrology uh the astrologer is that there's music um by the moody blues right (laughs) that the filmmaker did not have permission to use yeah so that may prohibit uh this film from getting a home video release so we're showing it on june 3rd Mm -hmm. one night only uh could be your only chance to ever see it yeah it may not get a blu-ray release hopefully it does but um it might not because of the music rights issues so this may be your only chance to catch this uh one-of-a-kind film that 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 makes these events even more uh, amazing Mm -hmm. is to think like yeah this is it like we, we are one of the few theaters uh not just in canada but on the planet where you get a chance to see this crazy old movie on the big screen and yeah, oh, I just I just love it. I I, lo- I love the thought that if this goes well, like every few months we can because and it, we've we've shown so much from Draft House already, both new films and old ones. Yes, because they did a similar thing with with Roar, which was yep. kind of a more infamous film. Yep. Uh, but that was Gwen and I came to see that. My wife and I came to see that, and we were just like shell shocked. Like it's just you can't believe what you're seeing on yep. screen, and that's another example of a film that kind of came out had a, a a big enough release that was known but then just nothing happened with it and 40 years later draft house got it a release into rep houses yep. and stuff like that and so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to more and more of this happening i hope uh, yeah because like they just come out of they, these movies just come out of <laughs> nowhere it seems yeah. you know and there were so many of them like if you happen to look through if you ever happen to stumble on maybe google has it even like just old newspapers, like look at a random newspaper ad from like 1973 that has all the the movie listings for the week on it. And this, and that era, like in that era in Ottawa in the early 70s, there was movie theaters all up and down Bank Street, all over downtown, a lot, all over the place. And then plus there was drive-ins all over the mm-hmm. place. And the content that they filled those screens with, I'm fascinated by. Because it's almost like, it is the equivalent of us showing something like The Room, but 
they would show whatever the latest Disney movie or the latest Paul Newman movie mm-hmm. or whatever. But movies like Astrologer, you see them. There's a couple I found online where it's like double billed with another movie you've never heard of. Yeah, um, no, it it was double billed with uh, David Cronenberg's. Oh. They came from within. Oh wow, that's cool. Which yeah. is pretty random. But like the 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 content that made it on to driving screens, and just the fact that you know nowadays whatever like you know fill in the blank of whether it be, you know say say Captain America like Captain America comes out on. I don't even know how many screens, but it's thousands, yeah. like thousands of screens. So on a, on a Friday night when Captain America comes out, you can see it pretty much. Yeah. Uh, same with, you know, Star Wars or the latest Pixar movie, mm-hmm. whatever. But at the time, especially, you know, in the, in the film print era, it might have been like, we have 10 prints and we're going to play in this area. And it was almost like a band, like we're going to play here and then we're going to ship it over there. And so you, you would you would only have a very limited time and you know no no vhs of course at the time or anything so these movies really had this small window to yeah. and and it was all like you know i'm just making up a number but say it cost you know two hundred thousand dollars that that they would just want to make that yeah. back make a couple bucks over and then do it again yeah and you know for every roger corman who's kind of a household geek name yeah there's dozens of other Roger Cormans yep. who were doing the same thing. Yeah, there were all these like little distribution companies that put out exploitation films and, you know, they'd be playing at drive-ins everywhere and they'd just be pretty fly-by-night, you know. They'd yeah. be seen by a few people and never seen again, you know. I'm surprised that Quentin Tarantino hasn't continued with that. Because remember for a while there, he had his, his, his stamp of approval. He had his... his uh... Yeah, he put out a... He re-released a few films... Uh, he he created this little company called Rolling Thunder Pictures. And yeah. He re-released like that's how I saw Switchblade Sisters. Oh, I love Switchblade Sisters and uh, Detroit Nine Thousand and Mighty Peking Man. Yeah. But um, yeah, that didn't last very long. But uh, yeah, now he's running the new Beverly and just showing all of his yeah. prints, and a lot of those are just obscure. One was Hardcore Logo. He did like the American release of Hardcore yep. Logo, yep. which was a, a newer, newish film at the time. So he even did a, a Canadian film in yep. there. But yeah, I'm kind of surprised, like with with his with his pull, that just he doesn't go like, "Hey, Miramax, I want to release four movies a year under this stamp, and and just you know, we'll do a, a theatrical run, then put it out on Blu-ray, then do whatever." Like, because yeah, but you're right. Now he's just. I don't know where they get the film printed for 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 his theater. It's crazy. Like if you mm-hmm. look at the monthly schedule for his theater, I don't know. Like, are people going to those? <laughs> like, I, well, it's in LA where yeah. you know there's a market for you know those kind of um, uh, what do you what do you call them? Repertory or uh, yeah, art house or or retro or mm-hmm. and but it's like. And he gets a hold of stuff where it's like an old Kurt Russell Disney movie. Yeah. It's like, I didn't even think you could play that. Like, are they just looking the other way because you're Quentin Tarantino? Are they letting you get away with that? But, but And I know it's a much smaller theater, uh, the Cine family, than us, which I was yep. surprised. Which, okay, so speaking of, we are showing... Uh, we, we, we booked a movie called Out of Print, which is cool for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. One of which is, as you know, speaking of print and speaking of... of uh, these movies that exist on print that we are showing digitally. So this film is, we're screening it on film. Uh, it is a movie about, it's a movie about movies. It's a movie about the cinema. It's about uh, the new Beverly. Yeah. And 
so we'll be screening a 35 millimeter uh, presentation of that. Mm-hmm. The the filmmakers great online. We're friends with her on all of our social media and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I don't know, a month ago or so, it was announced that uh, a Canadian distributor had picked up the film, and I and I sent her a note on on the old Twitter, I think, of saying like, "Hey, I'm going to tell our program about the programmer about this and remind them and see if we can get it here because mm-hmm. we would love to screen it." And uh, it comes right on the heels of we just screened another. California 35 millimeter film with uh, Too Late. Yeah, we showed Too Late, and that was on 35. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's a it's a, a if you're a lover of movies, if you're a Mayfair fan, you're gonna really like this movie. Yeah, it's about the history of the New Beverly, and it's also a lot about um, the clientele and a lot of very, interesting people going in there on a regular yeah, basis, and a lot of charismatic nerds that we all love yeah. are in it, like like. Uh, Seth Green, Kevin Smith, Patton Oswalt, Patton, Ryan Johnson, who directed Looper, Looper, and, is and Joe Carnahan, who directed uh, Narc, yeah, and Smoke and Aces, and it's just a lot of lot of cool filmmakers talking about their their love of going to cool movies, yeah, and it's just you know if if you're a fan of the Mayfair, if you're somebody who comes to these types of films here, if you're somebody who's always asking us about what we're going to be showing. You're one of these people. It'll, it hits close to home. It's yeah. very, you know, the New Beverly is a very similar. They show a lot of older stuff, and they're entirely 35 yeah. and 16. We, unfortunately. We are not. <laughs> yeah. We can't show 35 as much anymore. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this will be on 35, which will be an added uh, treat. I was thinking, I know we were talking about the the, um, the logistics of this, but I was, I was curious of, of touching base with Julia and seeing if maybe we could get her on the podcast by, oh, yeah, by yeah. the magic of, of we should look into of that. the computer. Because this, this plays on, um, it starts July 2nd. Yes, yeah, so we got some time. So around, yeah, we, we've never had a guest on the podcast. And it's something you want to do. I don't know why. We, sh- we should. We should. <laughs> it's like anything else. Like when we talk about back in the day, uh, especially Ian instigated it and then we all kind of did it. Like we would write like original stuff for the back with the monthly flyer, um, yeah, stuff. it just takes up so much time. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially when you're kind of moving quick. Like, like I yourself does it mostly. I've learned to do it and do it every once in a while. But like, going online and, and putting on the poster, putting on the YouTube trailer, and if you're putting in an original paragraph, or you could just cut and paste over their paragraph from IMDb. Mm-hmm. You know, that just saves you half an hour times however many films we show a month or a week. And uh, so, you know, we still have our personality definitely because whether it be we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on everywhere. But it's just having a guest on just means getting a guest on. Mm -hmm. But I think something like this, somebody who we're already friendly with, I think if we said, hey, do you want to do this? I'm sure we could figure it out. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've never done it, but what is is it pretty easy? Like the 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 quality, like you just kind of plug uh, yeah in. yeah. Um, I could probably figure out the the. We do have a Skype account, so yeah, it, yeah, it'd be uh, definitely easy to figure. Or out. I think you can do it just even via like um like Gmail chat or something. Like have yeah, have, or what's the Google Plus or something? Yeah, like that? just yeah. have have basically like a phone call come through, and I think those are a bit better, um, just sound quality. Because Skype kind of hiccups every once in a while, you know? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that'd be fun. I'm going to do that. I'm going to touch base with her and see. Yeah, it. we will figure that out. Because, yeah, because anytime... I've tried before. There was one... Last Halloween when we screened... Or wait, was it last Christmas? We showed the... Uh, 
was it just called Christmas Horror Story? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, a couple of the writers, or one of the writers was a Canadian guy, and almost got him to, to actually drop in and say, like, he said, oh, I'm home for the holidays. I'm like, well, if you can drop in sometime, maybe we can figure it out. Well, we've done, we've had Skype uh, on the big screen. Yeah. We showed that horror movie Southbound, and we had the some of the filmmakers do, like, a live Q&A or something. Yeah. I even thought, too, like, it's one of those things, like, you never know until you ask, but I'm like... Man, he does so many podcasts. I bet you if we show like yoga hosers, we might be able to get Kevin Smith on this thing. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. say, like, Kevin, do you have 15 minutes to kind of, you know, do Yeah, we that. should look into that. But, uh, cause, yeah, because we screened Tusks and we've already gotten people asking us about yoga hosers. And it's always like, like, I hate to be cut and paste, but I've gotten to the point of telling people I'm cutting and pasting this, of being like, hi, I don't mean to be rude, but here's our cut and paste response. We don't know. <laughs> like, we, yeah. we, we, we don't keep secrets. We know moments before you know, like if, if whenever something comes in, when out of print comes in, if I'm sitting at home or if you're at home, it'll get onto the internet website, machine. it'll get on the internet machine, but we just, we just don't know. Like, like we're not like, you know, oh, uh, we're, we're going to show, um, the De Palma documentary. Like we don't know that six months ago. We, we knew that a couple days ago yeah. and all the information's on our social media accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand the the misconception that we might be planning stuff and, and keeping stuff secret, but, like, when we book an auto premiere, it's up on the website, and you know about it. Uh, it it's it, We're a bit different than, like, God, especially nowadays with the multiplex, they're like, mm-hmm. this Star Wars movie is coming out in 2022 on December 18th. Mm-hmm. Like, it, we, we don't have that in advance. And whenever we book a brand new film... We, we often know the Monday morning for the following Friday. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, but yeah, so like when we book something like De Palma, we, we get the news and it gets online pretty fast. Did we talk about De Palma yet? I don't, I don't think no, so. No, we haven't, no. This is a very exciting documentary, which is basically it's just a conversation with Brian De Palma. Right. Who is the man who directed Carrie, Sisters, Body Double, Dress to Kill, Scarface, Carlito's Way. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of I can go on and on. Untouchables. Untouchables. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Mission to Mars. Uh, and it's just him talking about his career. And um, uh, it, uh, it apparently it's it's quite fascinating. Yeah. He's a really good rock, rock on tour. Rock on tour. And supposedly, even though it's just a talking head documentary, it's it's like spellbinding and and everything I've read. Is a lot like, of clips from his movies. Yeah, I like that. I like clips in the yeah, um, like. Critics saying stuff like, I, I wish it was three times longer. It's yeah. Just that it, and and, it, and it, it's, uh, yeah, so just a simple kind of conversation clip documentary, but about a very interesting kind of eccentric, legendary filmmaker. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and the poster's cool. Posters mm-hmm. are never cool anymore, and the poster's cool. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so that that's coming up soon. You, uh, we, we only know the premiere date. That is... Uh, July 15th I July believe. 15th yeah so but uh, but stay tuned and we will we will have more information about that uh, uh, as always the, the the Monday before so mm-hmm. the Monday before we'll finalize but you'll know that's coming up uh, around that time and it's yeah Brian De Palma even like even some of his more recent stuff that hasn't got the kind of praise or 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 kind of buzz as some of his earlier films like your scarfaces and stuff like that 
Uh, I still think what was the 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 one he did. We, I think, premiered his last one, yeah. which was called Passion, which was a movie he made in France, I believe, with Rachel McAdams and uh, Nomi Rapace. Yeah. Um, that was sort of a murder mystery. I really liked it. Like, it, it felt like a 1970s De Palma Yeah, movie. very much similar to, to what he's done in the past. Yeah. yeah. And and so he's, he's, he's... I don't know what his next film is. Like, it, it's, it's interesting. These filmmakers get to a certain age, and it's, it's like... You kind of forget that it's it, it like it's hard to make a movie no matter who you are. So he's he's kept making films, but uh, I don't know if he's kind of slowing down a bit now or what he's doing. But I always enjoy it. So even a couple years ago, he did the one with um, Rebecca Romaine, and it was like a femme, oh femme fatale. Femme That's fatale. excellent. Yeah, and it's 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 right there in the title. It's femme fatale. Yeah, but it has his camera tricks in it, and it, yeah, the split diopter. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I too. think that's what it's called. <laughs> it, it's a uh, yeah. If you're a movie fan, you're, you'll enjoy uh, this department, and it's 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 got some big name behind it actually because it's directed. It's Noah Baumbach who yeah. did uh, Squid and the Whale, and Jake Paltrow. Yeah. Who I don't know what he's done. Is he a Paltrow? I believe he is yeah. a Paltrow. <laughs> yeah, Paltrow. But so but, it's two filmmakers. Yeah. Having a conversation with uh, De Palma. Yeah. And. Uh, we also have um, a couple of movies I'm really looking forward to coming up. Very opposite ends of the scale of anime, but we have one called Belladonna of Sadness. Oh boy! <laughs> and one called The Boy and the Beast. Not for the not for the little ones. That so one. Belladonna, we can barely show the trailer in front of mm-hmm. anything. And actually, just moments ago or an hour ago, I was chatting with with Nick, who's who's our projectionist, and he's upstairs getting stuff ready for the upcoming week. And I was like show the Belladonna of Sadness trailer in front of Friday the 13th because it's a rare R-rated movie we're screening. Yeah, yeah. Because um, if, if people don't know, we, besides for the logic of, of scarring kids for life, we, we can't show an R-rated trailer in front of a PG film. Mm, no. Often they will do things called like a green band trailer where it's a, it's a family-friendly or at least PG-friendly PG trailer. PG-rated trailer, yeah. For an R-rated film. Not in this case. They did no. not do that. It's a, it's a, I think it was X-rated back in the day, which in today's standards is an R rating, but it's a very art house looking, um, speaking of lost film, it's another lost film from 40 years ago. Yeah. It's a Japanese animated film that I don't think got much of a release. I think the production company that made it ran out of money. And like 40 years late, this is an Ottawa premiere. Yeah. And I think Cinefamily is behind this, uh, this film, like, like distributing it i believe or, or they were the ones who found it yeah and yeah. luckily it made its way into canada i'm always trying to keep my eye out for these kind of things when they screen in toronto or vancouver because that means we can get it often if it's a if it doesn't get canadian distribution if it's only playing in the the uk or if it's a godzilla re-release in japan we can't really get it without either spending a fortune yeah um or just it's just not available to us but it it, it looks beautiful despite what it may offend a lot of people but it's it's a lot of uh, watercolors and it looks very, uh, very like a Japanese painting. Some of it, mm-hmm. but the story I think will have some, yeah. Like th- this, this is not a Studio Ghibli film. It's, this it's is, a woman who I guess has sex with the devil to gain superpowers or yeah. something. And and uh, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm I'm looking forward to it so much that that uh, the 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 little bit of power I have, it was going to play while I was out of town, and I was like we play that the week later because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to see it with an audience on the big screen. Yeah. 
So, so sorry, everybody, but I made that come a week later. But it's coming. Yeah. That is uh, the 25th and 26th, I think. Yeah. And then uh, right after that, I think, on the complete opposite ends of the scale, we're screening Boy and the Beast, which is... Uh, now, is this a Ghibli movie? It is not, but uh, the one review I read was basically talked about how how the filmmakers behind Studio Ghibli, like, like any filmmaker or any... Like, he retired, but now he's not really retired. But a, little, a couple of years ago, he was like, I'm retired, this is my last film. And so a lot of people have said, this is the heir to the throne. This is mm-hmm. like the next great Japanese animator. And it's uh, uh, very Studio Ghibli in that it's, it's got, you know, a guy with a pig head and a bear and mm-hmm. swords and adventure and very beautiful. So, but this is the one that you can bring your kids to. And so I think we'll have that on matinee screenings um, near the end of the month. Uh, but it looks great. Oh, it's like, it, it, I'm, I'm so glad we're getting more. We've gotten the option or gotten the opportunity to screen more anime the last little while. And uh, I love anime, and often we, we just can't get it. We just can't get a hold of it. So hopefully this means that more and more there's distribution leaking its way into Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, we'll, I'll mention that our, we, we got a head start. So our, our kids' club film in May is Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. Our kids' club film in June is going to be The Last Unicorn, which is a early 80s... I thought it was a more mature animation, but I think it's because I saw it through the eyes of a kid. But it's actually G-rated, so it's a G-rated uh, fantasy film. Mm-hmm. But I think if you watch it when you're a little kid, it's got kind of like a scary monster and some fight scenes. But it's a G-rated film, so you can bring your kids to it. And uh, that'll be our kids' club movie uh, at the end of June. And it's always funny to see the the nostalgic grown-ups coming, which are welcome, just on their own, or people bringing kids. Yep. Uh, it's always an interesting mix of, of to see who like for the for the never ending story which had very good attendance it was it was a mix of people bringing their kids just the way they would to come see you know Minions or Frozen but there was a lot of people who hadn't seen this movie in a couple decades and so Last Unicorn is a movie that is uh, don't it's get like 1984 or something. something like that yeah and it's beautiful hand-drawn animation mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of cool voice actors in it. Uh, Jeff Bridges, Christopher Lee. and Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Christopher Lee's in it, who's always sounds great in a movie. And, and it's funny, like a young Jeff Bridges. Like I think he was in his, God, I don't know, 20s or so when he did this movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit older. But, but so that's another uh, uh, kid-friendly animation coming up. Uh, in a little while so so uh, make sure to mark that in your calendar you can always check our the main page of our website for for updates on our premieres and uh, what, how are we doing for time there uh, I think we're getting close to we're the getting end close. We're, 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 we're running a deadline because we yeah. just recorded <laughs> we recorded two we multitasked two podcasts while the movie's playing yeah so we got to make sure to be done this where we could go out and like open the doors yeah. and start we're selling. on duty yeah we're on duty we're being paid for doing this suckers oh wait i'm i'm one of the owners so it's okay <laughs> but uh but yeah so thanks for tuning in uh for this week which is the uh what is it the the, the weekend the week starting the 20th mm-hmm. so the, the so friday the 20th it's the ottawa premiere of men and chicken starring maz mickelson it's yeah. a danish comedy and then uh, that'll end uh, Thursday the 26th. So we might have a couple of films, one or two films that we just don't know about yet. Mm-hmm. So, 
But just check our website. It's always easy. Mayfairtheater.ca, and we're on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. And uh, what's the other one called? Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> I'm just learning to use Instagram because I finally have my own account. I'm like, oh, if you hashtag things, then people will tune in and see Yes. Your... Yeah, so... But yeah, so check all the uh, social media. Easy to find out what we're screening. And we'll probably have uh, a couple of more awesome things that we don't even know about yet that Mm -hmm. will be on the agenda by the time... uh, We're full of surprises. Yeah, always new stuff coming. So uh, thanks for listening. Go visit our friends across the street at House of Targon and play some cool pinball games. And uh, audibletrial.com slash Mayfair Theater Podcast where you can download a free audiobook on us. Do it. Yeah. And uh, we will uh, see you next time. See you later.